Welcome to Wagering the Books. I'm your host, Dale Saucers, and today we will take a dive into the entire slate of games across a multitude of different sports, giving analysis, opinions, and picks. Let's jump in. Welcome to the second episode of Wagering the Books. I'm your host, Dale Stallspeece, and today we have a loaded episode starting off with a surprise guest. Then we'll be taking a look into a jam-packed MLB slate, the final four matchups for March Madness, the return of club soccer in Europe, a full NHL slate, and a couple NBA games to close out the night. Let's begin. First, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and needs help, call 1-800-GAMBLER to receive the proper help. Today's special guest is Rafael Juarez a fellow sports better in the sports gambling community. How are you today, Rafa? I am fantastic, Mr. Stolzers. I appreciate you inviting me onto this little podcast that you have here, and I'm willing and am very excited to answer your questions about sports betting. Well, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I'm happy to hear you're happy to be on. I'm happy for you coming on. Uh, are you ready to hop into the questions here? I am as ready as I'll ever be. All right. How long have you been sports betting? Uh, uh, about one year. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, why did you begin sports betting? Uh, I began sports betting because I when I would think that I'm a good sports better, and I enjoy sports betting and just trying to make a quick buck. You know, I can spend a hundred dollars on on a parlay and make up to three hundred dollars in a matter of an hour. So. Uh, what is the hardest part about sports betting, in your opinion? Uh, if the teams are dookie that day, <laughs> um, you know, I could, you know, you could have the number one seed, like in the college basketball, number one seed loses the number sixteen seed. Now everybody, they were they were a minus six hundred for college basketball, and you know they flopped it, and luckily I didn't bet on that, but. You know, you just have to bet on the right days for the right teams to actually perform and not lose money and cost you thousands, if hundreds or thousands. Uh, do you believe it is easier or harder to pick games that include your favorite sports teams? I never bet, never bet on my on my favorite teams. Manchester United, Phillies, Philadelphia Eagles, because every time I bet on them, they lose. For example, the Super Bowl. I did a parlay with the Philadelphia Eagles to win, Miles Sanders to get a touchdown, Jalen Hurts to get a touchdown, and uh, who's that? Who's the wide receiver, the main wide receiver? 11? No. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown to get a touchdown. I mean, three three of the four hit, so, you know, you don't, I would never bet on your home team or your favorite team for sports betting. Yeah, do you believe the biases towards certain teams, for example, your favorite teams or maybe teams that have burned you in the past, you feel like they affect your ability to win bets going forward? Yes, because you can have a team that's hot. So, you know, for example, for a middle team seed that wins four or five games in a row, they automatically shoot all the way up, but then they lose. Then they lose when you bet. They lose, they lose that game, then you say, oh, it's all right, they probably just lose that game and go bet for the next two games, and they lose those games as well. So, you know, you, you have to pick and choose on which teams that are going to be hot because you, you never know. There could be injuries. They could, 
some things can affect all your sports bets throughout throughout that game and or in the future bets. Okay, thank you. And what kind of better do you consider yourself? Do you focus more on stats and trends when picking games, or are you more of a feel and situational better, or maybe even a, a mix of both? I'm a big baller. I don't even look at the stats. I don't even... I mean, I, I think, I guess I will go for um, my past experiences with that with that betting on the team. Because in soccer, Real Madrid, you know, they could be trash during during their regular seasons, but in the Champions League, they pop off. There's something with different tournaments, with different games that, that I guess, motivates, that motivates teams. So whenever I see Real Madrid playing in the Champions League, now, there goes a $50 bet, or if they're in the final, there goes a $150 bet. So, you know, it's it's all about your my past experiences and the, I guess, the, tor- the quote-unquote tournaments that the teams are going through and, and are in. What betting advice would you give to someone new to sports betting? If you do not have the money, do not spend it. If, you know, if, you know, you could be making maybe... I'm just going to say $500 a week and you know you can't afford to make a $100 bet don't make the $100 bet I mean it could be a risky bet sure but as long as if you can not necessarily I can't say recuperate but if you can't uh, you know pay rent that week or pay, pay rent that month or buy groceries don't make that bet it's not it's not worth making that the high risk bet What's the best bet you've ever hit, personally? I, so there was a FIFA World Cup in this, last year slash this year uh, for the FIFA World Cup. Um, and I bet Argentina to make it the whole way through. Again, $100 bets, you know, betting on each. They make it to the quarterfinal, semifinal, and the finals, and the lift the World Cup. And I made $375. I'm sure it was over a span of a month and a half, but you know that's just a massive parlay that that I won. And now on the other side of the token, what's the worst loss you've had? I bet on my favorite team, Manchester United, to win the Europa League final. Uh, I think that was like two, maybe two-ish years ago. Bet seventy-five bucks on them, and they just lost you know as like i said don't i do not bet on your favorite teams and it may have correspond with the best bet you've hit but what's the most memorable bet you've hit my first one i bet i think it was like 25 dollars made uh, i think it was like 50 or 75 and i went out bought myself a cheesesteak got myself a, a 12 pack of coat and i was like dang this is nice and there's like free money right here, so I, I, and that's where it all started basically. Do you prefer betting through apps and websites or do you prefer going into casinos and then going to the booths and actually getting physical tickets there? I actually only bet on the apps, mainly because I never tried going to the casinos and or just betting in person. Like I, I'm sure I've gone to casinos, you know, I played go to casinos in Atlantic City, Florida, but well, Florida you can't bet in Florida, but I never had the thought of betting in the casinos or anything like that or in person. So I just use uh, FanDuel's sort of sportsbook. 
And to close out, do you have any bets you would like to share? I actually made a bet for this weekend. Hold on a second, let me, let me pull that bad boy up. I bet only $5 because that's all I have in the bank. But uh, I bet on Man City. Man City to beat Liverpool. I did a Arsenal to beat Liverpool. And in that Manchester City game, I bet that Erling Holland to be an anytime goal scorer. So I bet $5.04, and I should be making about $9. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on. And I appreciate you inviting me on to this wonderful podcast show that you have going on here, Dale. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And anytime you would like to come back or want to come back, just let me know. I'd be happy to have you on. I really appreciate it. Now it's time for us to jump into today's jam-packed MLB slate, where there are still a lot of unknowns with the season starting just two days ago. We'll start at Minute Maid Park, where the Houston Astros host the Chicago White Sox for Game 3 of 4, their series. The line for this game is the Chicago White Sox plus 125 and the Houston Astros minus 152 on the money line. Then when it comes to the first five, the White Sox are plus 105 on the money line and the Astros are minus 140 on the money line. The starting pitchers for this matchup are Lucas Giolito for the White Sox and Jose Urquidy for the Astros. With it being so early in the season, we'll be taking a look back to last year's stats to get a read on how their year may go this year. Starting first with Giolito. He he had a decent 3.83 road ERA last year, while Urquidy had a 4.17 home ERA last year. Now when it comes to offense, the White Sox had a 251 average versus right-handed pitching last year while the Astros had a surprising 242 average versus right-handed pitching. Even Now even with these stats, I don't see much of an edge that I like in this game, not to mention I don't trust either pitcher, so I'll be staying away from this one. For the second game of the day, it's the Toronto Blue Jays versus the St. Louis Cardinals at Busch Stadium. The line for this game is Toronto money line minus 120 and Cardinals money line plus 100. The first five money line is Toronto minus 130 and Cardinals plus 105. The starting pitchers for this game are Kevin Gosman for the Toronto Blue Jays and Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. Kevin Gosman had a road ERA of 2.30 last year, which was one of the best in the league, while Jack Flaherty had a home ERA of 3.86 last year. Now when it comes to hitting, the Blue Jays hit 265 against right-handed pitchers in 2022 and the Cardinals hit 249 against right-handed pitchers in 2022. With the advantage of both pitching and hitting going the Blue Jays' way, I'm going to pick Blue Jays' first five money lines, so I don't have to worry about that outstanding Cardinals bullpen. For the third game of the day, we travel to Wrigley Field, where the Cubs take on the Brewers. The line on this game is Brewers, money line minus 130, Cubs money line plus 110. Then for the first five, Brewers money line minus 145, and Cubs plus 110 on the money line. The starting pitchers in this game are Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers and Justin Steele for the Cubs. Brandon Woodruff struggled on the road last year, posting an ERA of 4.10, while Justin Steele had a very solid 2.78 ERA at home last year. Now, offensively, the Brewers weren't great versus left-handed pitching as they had a batting average of 222, and the Cubs were slightly better, posting a batting average of 240 against right-handed pitchers. With this, the Cubs have a significant advantage when it comes to pitching and a slight advantage when it comes to hitting, so I'll take the Cubs' first five plus a half. Steel does worry me a little bit, but the Brewers aren't the best offensive team, so I'm locking in Cubs' first five plus a half. We are now on to, game four, on to the 4 o'clock games, East Coast time, 
starting with Game 2 of the series between the Giants and the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. The line on this game is Giants plus 115 and Yankees minus 135 on the money line. The starting pitchers in this game are Alex Cobb for the Giants and Clark Schmidt for the Yankees. It is important to note that Clark Schmidt is considered more of an opener, someone who goes two to four innings and then is pulled because traditionally they're looked at more of a reliever, but they needed someone to start the game due to their starting pitcher injuries to start the year. Then Alex Cobb, who was another pitcher that struggled on the road last year, having a road ERA of 5.20, while Clark Schmidt had a solid home ERA of 2.49. Just looking at pitching alone, the Yankees have a major advantage, but teams also need to score, and the Yankees had a bat- batting average of 243 versus their left-handed pitchers, while the Giants batted 234 versus right-handed pitching. Even with the Yankees having an advantage, I'm staying away from this game as I'm not sure how long Schmidt will pitch for. Game 2 of the 4 o'clock window is the Braves versus the Nationals at Nationals Park. The line for this game is Braves minus 265 on the money line and minus 145 for the minus 1.5 run line. And the Nationals are plus 230 on the money line and plus 126 on the plus 1.5 run line. The starting pitcher for the Braves is Spencer Strider who had a breakout year last year and Josiah Gray for the Nationals who did not do nearly as well. Even though Strider had a great year last year, he was only solid on the road with an ERA of 3.25. Now, Josiah Gray did not have a good year, as I mentioned earlier, and it was no different at home, as he had a home ERA of 6.12. The Braves also hit a decent 250 average on the road last year, while the Nationals hit 239 at home. As expected from just looking at the line, Braves have a major advantage in this game, and I like the Braves minus a half first five and minus one and a half full game, but both are heavily juiced. With that being said, I'm still going to take Braves minus a half first five and take the juice. The third game of the four o'clock window is the Phillies at the Rangers. The line on this game is Phillies money line minus 130 and Rangers money line plus 114. The starting pitchers in this game are Zach Wheeler for the Phillies and Nathan Avaldi for the Rangers. Zach Wheeler had an ERA of 3.84 on the road last season, while Avaldi had a staggering 5.26 ERA at home. It is important to note that Avaldi is coming from the Boston Red Sox as he switched teams this past offseason, going from Boston to Texas. Now on the offensive side, the Phillies hit 248 against right-handed pitchers, while the Rangers hit 236 versus right-handed pitchers. With the Phillies having advantage in pitching and hitting, I'm taking Phillies first five money line. The next game on the board is Angels at Athletics. The line for this game is Angels minus 174 on the money line and Athletics plus 145 on the money line. The starting pitchers in this game are Patrick Sandoval for the Angels and Shitoro Fujami for the Athletics. Sandoval had a great road ERA of 2.54 last year, and Fujami is making his major league debut, so he doesn't have any prior MLB stats. When it comes to hitting, the Angels hit 244 throughout the course of the year, which was 16th best in the majors last year, while the A's hit 209, which was the worst in all of baseball. I do worry that Fujami could be great in his first major league start, but in this instance, I'll be fading him and taking the Angels minus a half first five as they have a great pitcher on the mound and the team they're facing really struggles to the hit. Following that game is the Orioles at the Red Sox. The line for this game is Red Sox money line minus 172 and Orioles money line plus 140. The starting pitchers in this one are Dean Kramer for the O's and Chris Sale for the Red Sox. Kramer had a road ERA of 3.63 last year while Sale has struggled to stay healthy the past years only pitching 11 games total with a combined ERA of 3.17. With that being said, I can't trust either of these pitchers, so I'm staying away from this game. 
The ninth game of the day is the Tigers at the Rays. The line for this game is Detroit money line plus 142 and Tampa Bay money line minus 171. The starting pitchers for this game are Spencer Turnbull and Zach Eflin. Spencer Turnbull pitched well in his limited starts in 2021, having a 2.88 ERA in nine games, but didn't pinch once in 2022 due to getting Tommy John surgery. While Zach Eflin did not have a great 2022 with an ERA of 4.04, the Tigers weren't the best hitting team either last year as they posted a 2.33 average which landed 25th in the majors. Now the Rays were slightly better slashing with a 2.42 average which was 17th in the majors. The Tigers having with the Tigers having a pitching advantage and the Rays having the hitting advantage, I'll be staying away from this game, especially since I don't know what to expect from Turnbull coming off Tommy John surgery. The 10th game of the slate is the Pirates at the Reds. The line for this game is Pirates money line plus 117, Reds money line minus 141. The starting pitchers in this game are Rich Hill for the Pirates and Nick Ladulo for the Reds. Rich Hill had a road ERA of 3.80 in 2022, while Nick Ladulo had a solid 2.85 ERA at home. Now when it comes to offense, the Pirates hit 229 on the year last year, which was bottom three in the league, while the Reds hit 246, which, right, which was right in the middle of the pack. With the Reds having the advantage both offensively and at starting pitcher, I'll be taking Reds' first five money line. For the 11th game of the day, it's the Mets at the Marlins. The money line on this game is pretty close to even, as the Mets are minus 116 favorites and the Marlins are plus 100 dogs. The starting pitcher for the Mets is Taylor McGill, and the starting pitcher for the Marlins is Edward Cabrera. Taylor McGill had a road ERA of 5.84 in 2022, and Edward Cabrera had a home ERA of 4.58. Cabrera's ERA isn't everything, as I believe he has some of the best stuff in baseball when he's accurate. The problem is he tends to struggle with his accuracy. Now for hitting, the Mets had an average of 253 last year, which was 10th best in the majors, while the Marlins hit 236 during the 2022 season, which caused them to fall to 23rd in all of baseball when it comes to the average. So... You can argue that the Mets are much better offensively and the Marlins are slightly better when it comes to starting pitching. But one thing you have to take into account when it comes to this game in particular is some of the offensive additions the Marlins added in the offseason. Some of those being Luis Ariza, the hitting champ of last year from the Minnesota Twins, Gene Segura, a very solid second baseman. I believe he's playing third for them from the Philadelphia Phillies, and now a fully healthy Jazz Chisholm who didn't miss much of the year with injury last year. This year's lineup is much better than last year's, which is why I'm taking Marlins' first five money line. Twelfth game of the day is a matchup between the Twins and the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. The money line of this game isn't as close as the last, with the Twins being minus 156 favorites and the Royals plus 140 dogs. The starting pitchers in this game are Sony Gray for the Twins and Jordan Lyles for the Royals. Sony Gray had a road ERA of 3.63 on the road in 2022 while Jordan Lyles had a home ERA of 3.47. It is important to note that Lyles played in Baltimore last year and is now in Kansas City. Now for hitting, we're looking back to 2022, where the Royals hit 259 and the Twins hit 255, both top nine in baseball. I do give the starting pitching advantage to the Twins, but even with that, the teams are too even in my eyes, so I'll be staying away. The 13th game of the day is the Rockies against the San Diego Padres. The money line in this game is Rockies plus 180 on the money line and Padres minus 220. The starting pitchers in this game are Jose Urena for the Rockies and Michael Waka for the Padres. Jose Urena had a road ERA of 4.08 in 2022, while Michael Waka had a 
2.59 ERA at home, which was Fenway Park last year, but he got signed by the Padres in the offseason, so he's now in San Diego. So right away, the Padres have a significant starting pitching advantage. For hitting, the Rockies did not do well away from Coors Field, hitting 225 on the road in 2022. Luckily for them, the Padres struggled to hit at home as well with a 231 batting average in 2022. Even with their offensive struggles at home, I'm going to take Padres' first five minus a half as I think the Padres will be able to pour it on against Urena. The second to last game of the day is the Diamondbacks at the Dodgers. The money line in this game is Arizona plus 192 and Dodgers minus 230. With those lines being that high, it's likely you'll need to take the run line unless you like Arizona to win outright. So when it comes to run lines, Arizona plus 1.5 runs is minus 105, while the Dodgers are minus 1.5 runs at minus 110. The starting pitchers in this game are two of the best to ever do it. The D-backs have Madison Bumgarner going on the mound, while the Dodgers have Clayton Kershaw starting. Unfortunately for Mad Bum, last year was not too kind to him, especially on the road, allowing an ERA of 5.07. On the flip side, Kershaw was his dominant self at home, allowing a 2.39 ERA. Now when it comes to the offenses, the D-backs hit 232 last year, 26 in all of the baseball, while the Dodgers hit 262, third best in all of baseball. It is important to note the Dodgers did lose both Trey Turner and Justin Turner in the offseason, both of which are fantastic hitters. With that being said, I'm on Dodgers run line full game minus one and a half. Now for the final game of the night, we go to Seattle, where the Mariners take on the Guardians. The money line for this game is Guardians plus 120 and Mariners minus 135. The starting pitchers in this game are Aaron Saval for the Guardians and Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. Aaron Saval had a road ERA of 5.88 in 2022, while Logan Gilbert had a home ERA of 3.25. For those, for these two offenses, the Mariners struggled to hit with only a 2.23 average at home, while the Guardians had a great 2.55 average on the road last year. This game is tough as the Mariners have a major pitching advantage, but the Guardians have a major hitting advantage. So in this spot, I'm going to back the better pitcher and hope the Mariners' revamped offense pulls through. Mariners' first five minus a half is my play. Before we move on, during last episode, I mentioned an MLB future that I really liked. That future was the Phillies to win the World Series. Unfortunately, since the last episode, the Phillies have suffered multiple injuries that are concerning. Nevertheless, I will be standing by my future, but I do caution any of you that may do the same to take into consideration the number of injuries piling up for the Phillies. Now we'll travel across the pond to take a look at the return of club soccer in Europe after the international break. But before we do, I would like to mention due to how many soccer matches there are, I will not be breaking all of them down. Instead, I will only be breaking down the games I have picks on. The first of those games being Man City versus Liverpool. Man City is in great form, winning their past five competitions while Liverpool has dropped their previous two matches. Not to mention City is still trying to catch up to Arsenal at the top of the table, so they need to win all these games. With the external motivation in the home atmosphere, I think Man City minus 160 on the money line is the play. If you don't want to lay that much juice, you could parlay City money line with one and a half, with over 1.5 total goals to bring it down to minus 125. My pick is Man City money line. I wasn't a big fan of the rest of the EPL board, so we're going to be moving on to the Bundesliga, where in game one I have Union Berlin versus Stuttgart. Neither of these teams are in great form with Union Berlin drawing three of their previous five matches, and the other two are a win and a loss apiece. Stuttgart is, as, is actually in worse form, losing three out of their last four, and the one that wasn't a loss was a draw. 
Now, when it comes to the table, Union Berlin is trying to remain in the top four to make the Champions League, where they currently sit third, three points above fifth place Leipzig. While Stuttgart is fighting to avoid regulation with them being dead last in the table. With that being said, they are only two points out of being out of the regulation zone. Nevertheless, I believe the better team, which also happens to be the home team, pulls this one out. My pick is Union Berlin Moneyline. For the second game in Bundesliga, I have Schackel versus Leverkusen. Both these teams have been playing really well as of late, with Schackel going undefeated in their last five, winning twice and drawing three times. Even with that, Leverkusen is in better form winning their past five competitions. Now the table makes this game very interesting. Leverkusen is currently 8th on the table, 9 points away from 4th, while Shackle would currently get regulated, but they are only 1 point away from being safe. Because of the situation in the table and Shackle at home, I like Shackle double chance at minus 115. For the third game in the Bundesliga, it's Bayern Munich versus Dortmund. Both these teams are in solid form, Bayern winning 4 of their last 5, Dortmund winning 3 of its last 5, with one of the those non-wins being a draw. Then when it comes to the table, this is a matchup you always want to ask for. Byron, who's been a little more inconsistent than usual, currently sit in second place on the table. While Dortmund, who have been slightly more consistent all season, sit atop the table, one point ahead of Byron. I believe both teams will come out wanting to win this game, and I believe Byron probably wins as they are at home. But I'm taking a different angle in this game. I like the over 3.5 total goals. In these previous five head-to-head matchups, all five have had at least four goals, and I don't see that trend slowing down anymore. Pick is over three and a half total goals. Now we move on to the Serie A, where the game I like is Inter versus Florentina. When it comes to recent form, Florentina has been drastically better winning their prep their past five matches, while Inter Milan has just won two of their last five, the other three being losses. Now when it comes to the table, Inter currently sits third, three points ahead of fifth place Roma, while Florentina is 11th. Nevertheless, I think Florentina's recent surge comes to an end, as I expect Inter Milan Moneyline to win this game and get back on track. I didn't like anything in La Liga or Ligue 1, so I don't have any picks for either of those leagues. And that wraps up soccer. So next up we have NHL, where we have a pack slate, but some of the games don't have much value, with there being a few games with favorites of minus 210 or higher. So the number of picks will be limited. The first game we're going to look at in the NHL is the St. Louis Blues at the Nashville Predators. The line is the Blues money line plus 125 and Predators money line minus 148. When it comes to recent form, the Blues have been great winning four of their last five matches, while the Predators have struggled of late losing three of their previous four games. St. Louis has also dominated the recent head-to-head matchups winning four of the previous five head-to-head. Both teams are also on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs, so both have motivation to win. With all this being said, I'll be taking the Blues plus 1-25 on the money line. For the second game, we have the Boston Bruins at the Pittsburgh Penguins. The line is Bruins minus 125 on the money line and Penguins plus 110 on the money line. When it comes to recent form, the Bruins are 4-1 in their last five, while the Penguins are 3-2 in their last five. In recent head-to-head matchups, the Bruins have won three of the previous five meetings, and both of those and two of those meetings were this season. Now the motivation factor is where it gets interesting. The Bruins have all but locked up the top seed while the Penguins are three points out of being in the playoffs. With the Bruins being the way better team but the Penguins are at home and have more to play for, I'll be staying away from this one. For the third game of the NHL slate, it's the Buffalo Sabres at the Philadelphia Flyers. Line is Buffalo money line minus 110 and Philadelphia money line minus 110. In their past five games, Buffalo has gone 3-2 while Philadelphia has gone 4-1. and 
In their two head-to-head -head matchups this year, the Flyers won both times convincingly. Now, again, this game is a lot like the last when it comes to motivation. The Sabres are four points out of a playoff spot while the Flyers are all but eliminated. So with the Flyers being better of late and at home, but with less of a motivation factor, I'll be staying away from this one. For the fourth game, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Ottawa Senators. The line is Maple Leafs money line minus 155 and Senators money line plus 132. Now when it comes to recent form, neither team has been outstanding, with Toronto going 2-3 in their last five and the Senators going 3-2 in their last five. Now for recent head-to-head -head matchups, the Leafs have won three of the last five. But when it comes to the playoffs, the Leafs have clinched a spot, but their seed is still up in the air, while the Senators are currently four points out of a playoff spot. Like the previous two games, I couldn't really find an angle I like, so I'll be staying away from this game as well. For the fifth game, it's the Florida Panthers at the Columbus Blue Jackets. The line is Panthers money line minus 240 and Blue Jackets money line plus 200. The puck line is Panthers minus 1.5 plus 100, Blue Jackets plus 1.5 minus 118. When it comes to recent form, the Panthers have won their last two games while the Blue Jackets have lost three in a row. I lean Panthers minus 1.5 on the puck line just because they're the way better team than ever have been better as of late, but I don't love laying one and a half on the road no matter how bad the Blue Jackets are. So again, no pick for me here. For the sixth game, we have the Carolina Hurricanes at the Montreal Canadiens. The line is Hurricanes money line minus 260, Canadiens money line plus 220. The puck line is Hurricanes minus one and a half at minus 110, Canadiens plus one and a half at minus 108. Both teams have been bad as of late. The Hurricanes have lost four of their previous five matchups, while the Canadians have lost three of their last five. Now when it comes to head-to-head -head matchups, the Hurricanes have won and covered minus one and a half in four of their previous five meetings. So because of this, I will take Carolina to get right against a bad Canadians team and cover the one and a half puck line. For the seventh game, we have the New York Islanders at the Tampa Bay Lightning. The line is Islanders plus 134 on the money line and Lightning minus 150 on the money line. In the past five games, the Isles were three and two winning their two last two games while the Lightning are 2-3 and three, winning their last two games as well. In their one head-to-head -head matchup this year, the Lightning won 5-3 in Tampa. With this game being in Tampa again, and the Lightning overall better team, I like Tampa Moneyline to get it done at home. For the eighth game of the day, we have the New Jersey Devils at Chicago Blackhawks. The line is Devils, Moneyline minus 325, Blackhawks Moneyline plus 270. Then the puck line is Devils minus 1.5, minus 128, and Blackhawks plus 1.5, plus 110. Both teams are in bad form of late. The Devils have won two of their previous five, while the Blackhawks have lost all five of their previous matches. In their one head-to-head -head matchup earlier this year, the, this season, the Devils covered the puck line by winning 3-0. I believe the Blackhawks continue to struggle, and the Devils get back on track by covering the 1.5 puck line. For the ninth game of the day, it's the Dallas Stars at Colorado Avalanche. The line in this game is, is Stars money line plus 132, Avalanche money line minus 150. Both teams have won three of their previous five matches, and their last five had to head the matchups. The Avalanche have won four of their previous five, but Dallas did win the last one, seven to three. Both teams have been great all year, with both teams being 20 games over 500. I lean to Avalanche money line because of their recent head-to-head -head success. But I do worry about how well Dallas has played and the fact they might try and make a statement tonight. So for that reason, I will not have a bet on this game. For the 10th game, it's the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks. The money line in this game is Ducks plus, one, plus 390 and Oilers minus 490. 
The puck line doesn't get much better with the Ducks being plus 170 to cover 1.5 while the Oilers are minus 200 to cover 1.5. Due to these unplayable numbers, in my opinion, I will not be picking anything in this game. For the 11th game of the night, it's the LA Kings at the Seattle Kraken. The line in this game is Kings money line plus 100 and Kraken money line minus 114. The Kings have won three of their previous five matchups but have lost their last two, while the Kraken have also won three of their previous five matchups but are coming off a win against the Ducks. And their three head-to-head matchups this season, the Kraken have actually won all three with two of them being in LA. With that being said, I'm actually going to go against this trend as I expect the Kings to knock off the Kraken at home. My play is Kings money line. For the 12th game of the night, it's the Minnesota Wild at the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The line for this game is Wild money line minus 110, Golden Knights money line minus 110. The Wild have been red hot currently on a three game win streak and the winners of four of their last five, while the Golden Knights have dropped their last two but won the previous three games before that. In their one head to head matchup this year, the Golden Knights handled the Wild in Minnesota, beating them 5 to 1. I do believe the Wild gets them back and wins in Vegas tonight. My pick is Wild money line. For the 13th game, we have the San Jose Sharks at the Arizona Coyotes. The line for this game is Sharks money line minus 115, Coyotes money line plus 102. The Sharks are coming off winning two straight, but the loss but lost in, pre- in the three previous games, while the Coyotes have lost five in a row. In head-to-head this season, the Sharks have won both times. I lean Sharks as everything points in their favor, but since these teams both stink, I don't trust either of them, so there is no play for me on this game. Next up, we have the NBA, where only two games are being played, the first of which takes place in Miami, where the Dallas Mavericks take on the Miami Heat. The line in this matchup is Mavs plus 1.5, Heat minus 1.5. I'd recommend taking just money line if you like the Heat as they are currently minus 112 on the money line while the Mavs are minus 104. Both teams come into this game struggling with the Mavs losing four of their last five and the Heat on a three game losing streak of their own. In their only head to head matchup earlier this year, the Mavs won and covered at home 115 90. Now, a notice going forward with all NBA games, I would wait until lineups are confirmed to lock in picks in the NBA as, in my opinion, the NBA is the worst when it comes to rolling out players late. For example, Bam, Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry are both questionable tonight. Nevertheless, I like the Mavs as long as Luke and Kyrie are playing to keep their playoffs hope alive by winning in Miami tonight. My play is Mavs plus one and a half. For the second game, it's Clippers at the Pelicans. The line in this matchup is Clippers plus three, Pelicans minus three. As of now, the injuries for the Clippers are Kawhi is questionable and Paul George is out, while Jose Alvarado and Zion Williamson are both out for the Pelicans. Now, for recent form, the Clippers are 3-2 in their last five, while the Pelicans are 4-1 in their last five. In their last two head-to-head matchups this year, the Pelicans won both times by double digits in Los Angeles. With that being said, I like the Pelicans, Pelicans to continue their hot streak and cover the minus three at home. Now it's time for us to jump into today's huge Final Four games in Houston where teams will try to continue their improbable runs to cut down the nets. Starting in Game 1 being Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. The line in this game is Florida Atlantic plus 2.5, San Diego State minus 2.5. Both teams have been great all year with FAU having a record of 35-3 and and San Diego State having a record of 31-6. and Obviously both teams are red hot coming into this game as FAU has won 11 straight and San Diego State has won 8 straight. FAU has the better offense, but San Diego State has a much better defense. With that being said, I think San Diego State does enough offensively to get the job done and cover the 2.5. For the second game of the night, we have Miami versus UConn. The line is Miami plus 5.5, UConn minus 5.5. 
Both teams have been good all year, but neither has been great as they've both been inconsistent at times. With that being said, both teams picked the right time to be consistent, winning their previous four matches, both of them, apiece. Miami have great guards in Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller, and Nigel Pack to go along with their big man, Amir, while UConn has Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson Jr., Alex Caravan, and their great big man, Adama Sanago. Both of these teams have hoopers, but I believe UConn has the more complete team. I don't love laying minus 5.5 against this Miami team, as it seems like too many points, but I do believe UConn wins, so I'll also lock in UConn minus 5.5. Finally, to bring this episode home, I'll list off all my picks in case you missed them earlier in the episode, starting first in MLB. My first pick for the MLB is Blue Jays' first five money line. My second pick, Cubs' first five plus a half. Next pick, Braves' first five minus a half. Phillies' first five money line. Angels' first five minus a half. Reds' first five money line. Marlins' first five money line. Padres' first five minus a half. Dodgers' minus a half run line. And Mariners' first five minus a half. For my soccer picks, I have Man City money line. Union Berlin money line. Shackle double chance. Bayern versus Dortmund total goals over three and a half and Inter Milan money line. For the NHL, I have St. Louis Blues money line, Carolina Hurricanes minus one and a half puck line, Lightning money line, Devils minus one and a half puck line, Kings money line, Wild money line. For the NBA, I have Mavs plus one and a half and the Pelicans minus three. And then for the final four, I have San Diego State minus two and a half and UConn minus five and a half. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to follow our podcast, Wagering the Books, on wherever you listen. In addition, if you want more sports gambling content, follow our Twitter at Wagering the Book and check out our website, wageringthebooks.com, which provides all of our episodes in full, along with information about the podcast, myself, and ways to get in contact with me if you have any suggestions for the show. All links will be put in the description. Tune in to next episode where we'll look ahead to the NBA and NHL playoffs, along with having a lot more information on the MLB. Remember, no matter the knowledge you collect, it never hurts to have a little bit of luck. Thank you for listening to Wagering the Books. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune in Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. when each episode is dropped, all of which can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I wish you all the best of luck and have a wonderful night.